So what exactly does Alabama need to fix now that we're putting Texas behind us so that they can become a national contender again? We're going to talk about it. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. I'm just now getting past the shock, the uh, stress of playing in a close football game. I was scared. That we won. We did win. We, 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 <laughs> we, we did win. They, they alerted me when the game was over that we had won, and I could uh, come out from under the bleachers now. Uh, well, look, AL.com came out with what I thought was a pretty good article. Uh, and it talked about some of the things that Alabama really needs to work on. Uh, and, and I said in the opening to be a contender, I mean, look, Alabama's a contender. Before I really get into this, you know, for all the people who want playoff expansion, there aren't 12 teams worthy of a national championship this year. I think that's pretty doggone clear. Um, but that may also be the counter argument to what I'm saying. Like, hey, we don't know anybody could win it. But anyway, that's I guess that's for a debate for another time. Boy, do I look loungy. I mean, I look so loungy. I'm in my, my great uh, alumni hall T-shirt that I'll talk about in a little bit. But um, upstairs, I wouldn't get good Internet service. So I came downstairs and uh, lounge. I look very comfortable. This sit back and relax and enjoy a little locked on Bama, everybody. Very 70s, um, very 70s <laughs> feel to the show now. Um, in the 70s, it'd be more likely that I have a shirt that looks like the painting behind me and the shirt would be on the wall. That would be more 70s. <clears throat> um, anyway, like Dick Cabot show. <laughs> anyway, so AL.com comes out with this article about what Alabama really needs to fix going forward. And I thought it was very good. Now, the first thing was very obvious, and we don't even have to expound on it because we talk about it all the time, offensive line consistency. We can expound on it a little bit in the sense that I was re-watching the Texas game again today. And one thing I'd forgotten about, again, because I was at the game, um, on the drive where Roy Dale Williams does not get the first down on, on fourth down, on first down, Bryce runs for about four to six yards. I can't remember exactly how much. And Emil Ekewer's helmet comes off. And Tyler Booker comes in to take his place. I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought it was yep. just interesting. I, I didn't notice it in the moment because, again, I'm way up in the stands. I didn't even see the helmet come off. I mean, I you know, I'm doing the best I can do. Um, but it makes you kind of wonder if Ekewer had been in there on second down would – uh, would McClellan have gotten – I think it was McClellan that got the next carry. Would he have gotten an extra yard to go ahead and get us the first down? It just – it makes you yeah. wonder. Well, there, that's why we rewatch the games and, uh, and and notice things like that. It's easier to notice when you rewatch because all the emotions sort of taken out. You know, when you watch it live, it's hard to take everything in because, you know, you're so emotional watching it. But, uh, yeah, I've been rewatching the game myself and uh, – so far, now I'm not I'm not all the way through by any means, but so far I will controversially state, and and I just mean this controversially because this isn't the I haven't seen an abysmal performance by the offensive line. 
Now, I have seen some really questionable blocks. Uh, I've seen Bryce under duress. Uh, I've seen the running game not going like it should. But what I'm not seeing is of Alabama's five offensive linemen, them being knocked on their back, them being completely beaten. Uh, I saw one sack was definitely Jameer Gibbs' fault. It was not the fault of an offensive lineman at all. Uh, and, and while I will agree, no question, that maybe the number one thing Alabama needs to do on offense is improve up front. At this point in my rewatch and after the Utah State game, I do not feel like Alabama's offensive line is a uh, hazmat area, you know, where you need to go in and, you know, in your radiation suit, you know, and clean it all up. I, I, don't, I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's they need to be more aggressive. They need to get better push. But I don't see those those guys getting beat. I saw Dalcourt get beat once, uh, but he's he's going up a 340-pound guy, guy that the NFL likes. Is it some of the time? Uh, so that that's just my, my early thoughts. Um, I think Alabama's really handicapped, Luke, by not having a vertical threat. Uh, and, and Texas stopped. Texas didn't worry about us beating them deep. So they played very aggressive and crashed a lot. By that, I mean, once we snapped the ball, the safeties, they were coming. Not, not after Bryce, but they were crashing to the line of scrimmage. The linebackers would do the same. They just were very aggressive in the back seven because I don't think they worried about us completing a deep ball down the field behind them or over them. Uh, and I'm going to get to that here in just a second. That is a very interesting take. Um, in fact, let's go ahead and get to it now because one of the other things in the AL.com article was downfield passing. He's, it, and in the article it says, it's been discussed before and will be again in two games. The longest pass play is a 23-yarder to Kobe Prentice. It was a ball thrown 10 yards downfield when two Utah State defensive backs busted an assignment. A year ago, Alabama had seven passes, gained 25-plus yards in the first two games of the season. Alabama is averaging 9.14 yards per catch this year compared to 12.9 through two games last year against Miami and Mercer. I mean, that is startling. And it's, it's, it's kind of frightening because it, it also lets me know we're wasting a good deep ball thrower. I mean, Bryce Young is a yeah. very good deep ball thrower. But yeah, he's maybe, throw he it a, maybe he's, he's a better deep ball thrower. Pros. Yeah, maybe he's a better deep ball thrower when Jamison Williams is is doing the catching because you can just right. sling it and he'll get under it. Maybe that's the case. Because here's the other thing, Jimmy, and I I, I get it. We're missing Tyler Harrell and we're missing um, JoJo Earl. They and they may be the two fastest guys. And somebody pointed out in the comment section of YouTube, "Hey, what about Christian Leary? He's pretty doggone fast." Great point. I, I don't know. Um, but are we saying that Jacoby Brooks, that um, Kobe Prentice, that none of these guys, uh, Treshawn Holden, they can't go deep? Is, <laughs> I think is that crazy. startling of a difference? I think no, Prentice is a deep, or at least he is in terms of rote speed. And like, I, I have to talk about it all the time because people are just surprised and they're like, what? But but Jermaine Burton runs a 4-4-40. I don't know how much faster you need to be to, to, to make a play down the field than a 4-4 in the 40. Look, I think 
we have a tendency as fans in sports and really probably just humans in life, we want to make every problem into a simple solution. Oh, well, here's how you fix that. Oh, here's a simple fix. I think Alabama's failing to complete balls downfield, not because of an, just because of the absence of a receiver that, that plays that role well. I think it's a combination of that, uh, inexperience at that spot with the fast guys, uh, the offensive line protection that we've already uh, referred to earlier, the, the protection hasn't been great. I think where the protection hasn't been good, Couple areas. Uh, I saw number forty-five get beat in pass protection again. He also gave up a sack. Utah State in pass protection. The backs aren't doing a good job of picking up the blitz. They either misread it and whiff entirely, or they're in the right place, but they get run over because they're sort of small. You know, Gibbs and McClellan. So I think between the protection, there is no outside. There is no obvious Jamison Williams. There is no obvious Devontae Smith out there wide now throw this in Luke we don't we haven't established a run game I don't think defenses are playing us honest I think they're not worried that we're going to gash them in the run and we're just making our very easy to defend if we don't have an established run game and we don't have a deep threat outside then I don't know what the heck we're doing people keep saying well Bill O'Brien's a terrible play caller what player you call <laughs> I mean what player you call when you can't run it very well and you're not going to throw deep I mean, what are you doing? I mean, uh, and, and I think it's all of these things. It's not just one thing. Now, that makes it sound like the offense sucks and we're going to have problems all year long. I don't believe that for one second. We were teams in college football scored more points than Alabama last year. We have the Heisman winner, a quarterback who's playing really well, by the way. Kind of weird that we're like, the offense is bad, but Bryce is great. I mean, it starts with the quarterback, uh, and, and, and we're going to be fine. Uh, I'll say right now, and I'm sure everybody agrees, this doesn't mean that we're going to solve the problems, but we're going to score a half a hundred points on Monroe and on Bandy. We're going to score 50 Saturday, and we'll score 50 the next Saturday. But we won't know that the offense has improved until we play Arkansas and Fayetteville three weeks from now. Boy, I really hate this camera on me, camera angle on me. I mean, it makes me look like Rosie O'Donnell after Easter Sunday buffet at Golden Corral. It really does. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I need to tell everybody about Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is is BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this off season and regular season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's games from all over the place. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, college football, NFL, whatever it is, betonline.net's got it. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, Jimmy. Now, here, here's something else. Uh, we talked about offensive line consistency. We talked about um, the downfield passing. How about turnover production? If you had told me going into this season after two games at Texas and at home against Utah State that we would have created zero turnovers, we haven't been very close to an interception. DeMarco Hellams got really upset at himself because he thought he had an interception late in the game on the 
the uh, drive just before Texas drove to kick the, the leading field goal, but it really wasn't that close. Of the 131 FBS teams, only eight have yet to create a turnover. And if you want to know what's weird, Alabama and Ohio State are two of those eight. Yeah, I knew Ohio State hadn't either. That's why I'm not exactly panicked over it. I think it's an anomaly for sure. The fine uh, Sports Illustrated writer in one of his pieces week, Luke, uh, he heard that Alabama hadn't created a turnover in the games. He thought that was odd, so he said he started going through box scores, and it was a rabbit hole, and it took him forever. He went all the way back through the early 70s and had not found another example of Alabama not forcing a turnover in their first two games. He went – Every game all the way back to the early 70s had not found an example of Alabama doing this before, and he just got tired and quit. So he didn't, he didn't actually find the last time. He got all the way back to like 73 <laughs> and said, this is exhausting. I'm going to just stop looking. But that just shows – I mean, that's 50 years since uh, Alabama's played their first two games without forcing a turnover on defense. Now, is it alarming? Is it cause for concern? I just think it's an anomaly – Look, the defense has given up less than 10 points a game. Even more impressively, I think they've only given up about 250 yards a game, which is nothing in 2022. Uh, the defense has played well. Uh, there are th- there are nits we can pick. But if the de- the defense, I think I've already seen, I, we, th- this is probably a championship-worthy defense. Uh, those who are prone to panic, those who are prone to stress and rant, uh, your focus needs to be on the offense. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I'm certainly with you there. Um, and I can't decide. It, it's just too early to know, um, which is the easiest thing. I mean, that's so uh, Philip Marshall of me. If you're an Alabama fan out there, you've ever read a Philip Marshall column, it's usually Auburn could win Saturday. They could lose Saturday. We won't know until Saturday. And <laughs> I'm like, well, I knew that before you wrote it. That's a <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, we won't know until the end of the season. I'll say it right now, Philip Marshall. Uh, I like Penn State to beat Auburn. Uh, uh, I'm going to go. Don't give away your predictions till tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's Don't tomorrow. Give away your predictions. I'll say I'm leaning right, now. Leaning 27-17. Okay. But no, but what I was going to say was, we obviously we won't know till later, but I'm having a hard time deciding if I believe A – this Alabama defense just isn't going to be very good at creating turnovers, which is certainly a possibility because they haven't done it yet against two teams that you would think they would have been able to do it against. Or the law of averages will even this thing out, and we're due a a five-turnover game by the competition here very shortly. So, you know, in the end, will this be a pretty typical Alabama defense where, okay, in the end, we may – by season's end, we have created around the same number of turnovers we always create. It's just those first two were an, an anomaly. And then the we had two create five turnover games, which were also the anomaly. And everything else was we create one to three turnovers a game. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. We'll, we'll, we'll make up for it with some crazy uh, – hope, hopefully in Arkansas where we might need help with, uh, with turnovers. I'll take that over Monroe and Vandy turning over because I don't think we need – to, to get turnovers to beat Monroe and Vandy, but we may to beat Arkansas, uh, you know, in Fayetteville. So, uh, yeah, I think it's an anomaly. If you ask me, Luke, here's 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 a defense that forces turnovers. If you're like, what kind of defense forces the most turnovers? 
great pass rushers and, and ball hawks at safety. And I think that's exactly what Alabama's got. Uh, I think Dallas and, 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 and Will and Chris Braswell, uh, they're good pass rushers. They've actually rushed the passer pretty well in the first couple games. Don't have a lot of sacks to show for it, but they've been harassing the quarterback pretty good. Uh, eventually, they're going to harass the quarterback into making bad throws. And you have battle back there, hell branch and uh they do have to situation a corner but i'll all three safeties so uh yeah i, I think alabama is going to just make up for this with one or two big time games in terms of multiple turnovers do you get so comfortable in the lounge that you muted yourself yes and i also <laughs> started my live read I was I sitting there just moving my mouth, thinking you're hearing me, telling everybody about Alumni Hall. Look at this shirt, Jimmy. Look at look it at is. this retro. Oh, it's fantastic. You look like look the, the lead retro guest. logo. You look like the lead guest on Mer and and you have the '70s logo. You look like the lead guest on Merv Griffin. My my, my I was going to say my neighbor found the old Merv Griffin set, and uh, oh, we're going to talk. About you personally know Jim Fowler. <laughs> now that is true. I'll tell you about that after this live read. Uh, I know, but he, is, he, is he on the couch with you? Does he have a bird or a snake or a little bobcat? A raccoon. Um, <laughs> anyway, alumni hall is where you need to go. Alumnihall.com and then just search for Alabama. They got Alabama stuff galore. This shirt came from an alumni hall. I wear it all the time. Couldn't be more comfortable. The retro logo, by far my favorite logo. I like the script day with the mullet. That works too. And they have some of those. But the, the retro logo is my fave. Um, and Alumni Hall, they got the best stuff when it comes to all colleges. If you're listening to this and you're an Arkansas fan, God bless you, first of all. Secondly, they have an Alumni Hall where you can get Arkansas stuff. You can get all this stuff, Ohio State, Auburn, whatever you want. But uh, Alabama is what we're focusing on. Go to Alumni Hall. You will love their stuff. It's absolutely awesome. They got anything you want. I just, I'm, I'm at their website looking at it right now. It's super cool. Go get you a good polo and just tell them. If you're getting married, that. you should get registered there. If you yes, get married, if I get married again. <laughs> uh, if I get married again, I'm going to have a, I'm not, I'm going to have to register at the bank. <laughs> People are about to just give me money. Um, okay. You brought up Jim Fowler, and I'm only going to say this because you brought it up. Jim Fowler, who most people know, uh, was uh, just a recurring guest on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I think he was even when, when Jay Leno did it. And there used to be this event called Pop, like Pop Warner, it, the, Pop Warner something, and it was sponsored by Russell. Of course, Pop Warner is like a football league all around the country. But this was like all-star teams from various Pop Warner leagues. They all descended upon Alabama. There was actually one from Hawaii that came in. And they all came to Ellick City, Alabama, my hometown. And they, um, they, they played. It was sort of like, um, like these high school kickoff games you see now, but it was for Pop Warner. It was a great idea. And now this was back in the early 80s. And so Ellick City, of course, was hosting some other – you know, kind of celebrities for a parade and all this other stuff. And Russell at the time, which was huge, a huge deal, right. big time company, they um, sponsored all this. And so my family, my father's um, hosted Jim Fowler, who the, the wild mutual of Omaha's Jim Fowler, who was Marlon Perkins, right-hand man. Marlon Perkins would get on the mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom. And he'd be like, have y'all ever wondered what it'd be like to take down a rhinoceros, just wrestle one right to the ground. Well, I have, 
and I'm going to get Jim Fowler to do it for me. <laughs> That's That was kind of what he did. And Jim Fowler was a big man. He bought a hawk one time, and the hawk came, was just eating mice everywhere and, and fetching sticks and everything else. Um, but it was it, it was really, really cool to have him there. And so anyway, that's my Jim Fowler story. My other story, when I said Marlon Perkins, it reminded me of this. When I was, uh, what, when was Ray Perkins hired? In 83? 83. Yeah. Okay. So I'm about 11. And while I'm an Alabama fan at the time, I'm not like into the coaches or into whatever. And I'll never forget this because I still feel stupid for it at age 49. My dad said, hey, you know, we had to hire somebody after Bear. You know, we, I was upset when Bear died. but uh, And he was like, well, we've hired our football coach. And, I, and he said, do you know who it is? Uh, it's Ray Perkins. And I said, I don't know who that is. He hosts Mutual of Omaha. And my dad was like, oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> and that's, 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 that's when I started learning more about football stuff. <laughs> Your dad should have just stuck with that story all the way through the Ray Perkins there that's him that's the one and you'd have been at the game you're so much better on mutual Loma, a wild kingdom than you are <laughs> Colin all right let me and jimmy we could there's one there were some other things we could talk about but since this segment is about over and the therefore the podcast is about over i want to tell one more story this is old school talking tuscaloosa pod for those who don't remember it jimmy and i used to exchange stories all the time this is if i'm lying i'm dying this is the truth I think this was also 82 or 83 because I was only 10 or so. Do you remember? Okay. We always joke to you, like when you do this podcast that you're using your Tandy 2000. I actually had a Tandy 2000. I got one, one Christmas. It is the most worthless pile of metal and plastic and glass that's ever been assembled. It is worthless, Uh, especially today. I mean, back then we thought it was, you know, one of God's greatest creations. We just now, got an email from Locked On. Tandy's a new sponsor. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Dad gave me still a thing. What? Tandy's still a thing? I don't even I don't know think if they're so. still a thing. I think Tandy's only a thing is Tandy sounds like the name of a bad stripper. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the stage, Tandy. Uh, but anyway, so. She tried to spell Tandy. My dad. Try to spell can. So, I don't know if that's you or me, but one of our tandies is frozen right now. But um, <laughs> so, so my dad gave me this Tandy 2000, right, for Christmas. And I turned it on. Like, I'm so excited to have this computer. But then I realized I don't know anything about a computer. Like, the, it, to me, it was a typewriter with a screen, right? And so I turned it on and that cursor's just blinking at me. It's just blinking. And my and I looked at my dad and I go, well, now what do I do? Dad was the only person more scared than me. He was like, oh, crap, I just spent a lot of money on this thing and I don't know what it does. And so there was dead silence on Christmas morning as I was sitting in my pajama pants with no shirt at, in front of this computer. And my dad, there was dead silence for 30 seconds. And finally, my dad goes, hey, ask it who's going to win the Super Bowl. So I typed in who's going to win the Super Bowl, and it just kept blanking. It didn't do anything. And then now looking back, it dawns on me, my dad for and me for a brief moment in time thought that my Tandy 2000 knew who'd win the 1983 Super Bowl. 
<laughs> and and if that's true, why did Radio Shack let him have the secret? Why didn't they just <laughs> use it to make all the money, Biff Lowman style? <laughs> that's the saddest Robinson family story in history. <laughs> it's a very quiet Christmas. Now what do we do? It was. That thing was just blue. You were talking to like you're talking to it like it's Alexa or Siri. Tandy, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> and Tandy sadly did not know. Um, all right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with our predictions pod. So y'all come back tomorrow. And until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.